disagreeing is fine. I gave that topic being so broad just because it is a very big life lesson I have taken away that's also helped me inside the clinic, which I think a lot of people understand. It's, it's okay to have differences. It's okay. But the clarification of the plan you have with your person in front of you is so important. If they disagree with you, let them challenge you. You're going to have a more refined version of it. So that, that, that's the key. Can what you say and how you say it change and impact a patient? Our guest today uh, says an emphatic yes. It can and it, it actually does. So that's what we'll dig into. But first, I want to ask you this question. Would you like to add $290 per patient per quarter on your clinic's bottom line? And clinic owners out there saying, yeah, what's, what's the deal here? Well, the deal is remote therapeutic monitoring. It's here. It's billable. It's quality. It's letting you do more of you and get paid for it. I don't see a problem there. Uh, enhance patient outcomes, ease provider workload, and turbocharge your earnings. Kickstart with remote therapeutic monitoring now at physiotech.ca. That's physiotec.ca. While we're talking about your clinic, if you have an outpatient PT clinic and you've got an EMR that you don't love, well, what would it mean if you could add seamless integration of patient portals, marketing automations, and billing? It would mean a lot, probably. Well, switching over is a breeze. Take a test drive at mwtherapy.com while we're talking about it. Finally, we're talking about where you're going, literally and figuratively. How about an extraordinary patient care adventure with Jackson Therapy Partners? This is perfect for PTs eager to make their mark on their profession all over this great country. Travel therapy. You get paid well to do this thing you love in great locations. See where your skills can take you at Jackson Therapy. Com. Our guest today, well, he thinks that if you if you choose your words in therapy wisely and use them well, can actually help improve outcomes. We dig into the episode today with Brett Sandy. Uh, welcome back to the show, clinic director at PT Solutions uh, Physical Therapy, not just a skilled physical therapist, also a fellow Ironman triathlete. We're going to dive into that. Mm -hmm. Deep thinker and dedicated learner. Get ready to take a deep dive into the realms of communication and timing in therapy, which is, I don't think we've ever touched on timing. I mean, I think we do sometimes, but we're going to specify on it. We'll go, we'll do that in a little bit beyond and learn how about those elements, the comms and the timing can revolutionize patient outcomes. Uh, welcome to the show, Brett Sandy. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I was super excited to get a chance to talk on your podcast. And also, you know, like you said, fellow Ironman, there's a big difference, man. It's a, it's a grind to get that done. And I it underestimated is. it for sure. Whenever I did my first. <laughs> well, first <laughs> questions. First questions are always the hardest. What are we drinking? Uh, so I'm drinking some liquid death. We already had a little bit of discussion. I don't know if I'm in the camera. There it is. There you are. Uh, and uh, just good old seltzer water throughout the day. I'm doing off-brand seltzer because, you know, it's like <laughs> noon. And, you know, I, you know, again, I did like, I did my Spotify version of like my, my podcast version of like wrapped. And I was like estimating because I don't count because I'm not mm -hmm. counting. I'm like, how many beers do you think I had this year? And I'm like, that's not good. Maybe I should drink a seltzer every once in a while. You know what I mean? But... <laughs> Whatever. Uh, first round brought to you by Owens Recovery Science. They're a single source for PTs looking for personal uh, certification and personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training. BFR. That's just what we call it. Uh, find them online at owensrecoveryscience.com and they have their own podcast uh, called the Owens Recovery Science Podcast. Johnny and the guys and girls are very, very smart at this. All right. So I want to start with, let's start with Liquid Death, then Iron Man. Then we'll get into communication and timing. Liquid Death is funny because it's, a, I mean, from the can, show the can again. I mean, it looks like the angriest beer you haven't had yet, but it's Most water. Most people think 
I drink a Coors Light every day. Right. And there is also there's also a uh, nice uh, you know tan version of this the whole way all the way through. Everybody thinks I'm drinking the whole time. Every patient that I have, I try not to show up my first visit because right. everybody right. mistakes it that way as a beer. So, so they're interesting. I I had a couple discussions about this. Someone else up. Uh, Someone else brought up liquid death. It was a, another PT brought it up and they're like, they're misleading. And I was like, help me understand how they're misleading. And they're like, they're saying, cause, cause they're like, if you read their disclaimers and stuff, they have mm-hmm. fun with like some of their messaging. Which is like, we like slay, you know, slay <laughs> thirst, murder your thirst, right? Murder. your <laughs> thirst. So it's like somebody was mad. A fellow clinician, you know, a person of science was like, that's misleading. Cause their water is just as, hydratable than as the next one i was like but what they're doing is they're 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 playing a goof like louboutins are shoes and pay less are shoes but why do i think louboutins are i don't even know how much they are a thousand dollars three thousand don't 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 crucify me for not knowing how much they're but there's a reason you're buying brand and like if your brand leads to doing something healthy like i'm like i and they're doing it in plain sight. Like they're having, this is tongue in cheek, you know, like it's just, you know, fun. It's just, it's fun. just fun. Yeah. Lululemon. It's, it's just having the aspect of like, you know, you get to have a water and have fun drinking it and everybody, it brings up a conversation starter. So first time I started drinking, I was like, and I told you, it just doesn't go fat that fast. So for me, right. it's just trying to have a good tasting drink throughout the day that uh, is a decently tasting sparkling water, which we all know don't taste great, but they just right. don't taste bad. Right. So that it's that, And it, to me, I like this. I like to support people who have more of a lighthearted nature as they go through things and help people actually be healthier in the end. That's that's what you're buying. And I thought there was a great, excuse me, parallel. I'm burping because there's we're drinking yeah. clubs out of here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm on Willy Wonka. But, but the idea there is if you frame something as like, like this is H2O and it's water and it's super boring and I'm going to make no claims about it. They're not making any claims that are not true. They're having fun with it. So you're buying club soda. You're buying sparkling water. You're buying a little bit of an aspect of fun. And you're like, I support this. This is cute. I want to, you know, this is what I want to do. What if we use the same parallel in physical therapy or healthcare? So, which is also ties into what we're going to do. So, so if you were to title your six pack, because we got this new format of, of episodes, which is one question or one idea or one problem and then six solutions or six answers you know what would you sort of title this episode what should it help me help me write the youtube title of the video i would say uh i mean it's really deep sadly like you know like it's it, you a lot of fun we have but i also like get down to the root of things right if i could simply say it's how to translate a message and make it sync with a patient and have it with the appropriate timing of that message right so it's just translation and timing is the base part but i think a lot of it comes down you talk about communication it's just when you deliver that message and is it actually the message you intend and do they accept it with a way that is more with an open mind because it could be the right time of where it's at in their condition right Right. chronic pain versus acute pain that's more where i want to get across with this and also the significance of that injury to their life which is where i come back down to that the timing for sports medicine is why i brought it up a yeah. lot of it is it seems simple but it's all per that person and yeah. how you translate that to that age group or to that level of athlete the complexity of that you know the situation for that athlete right if it's a pro to a college to a high school to just somebody who's trying a new sport and it's really significant to them that their parents have acceptance of them and that like there's a lot of depth that goes into it that's how i kind of look at things so okay. if i was to say it simply would be my six pack would be timing and translation and how I to get t- that how to get that message across to the patient? Communicating with impact with Brett. There you go. That's that, that's a great that's a great way of putting it. That's that's All it. Right, so just make it make an impact with people. 
So if that is the overarching um, six pack, let's dive into it. And your first, your first brew on the pick pack uh, six pack is the power of words. That's number one out of six. You emphasize the power of words in physical therapy and healthcare and relationships. Share how strategic word choice impacts patient relationships and ultimately what we want, which is outcomes. So I think a lot of it too, I realize is in the beginning of my career, like I'm a, I'm a big nerd. I mean, I, I love what I do here. I, you know, I was going to go more the DL route. I really enjoy, you know, science in general, but saying less, you know, and getting more of an impact. So like, like the power of saying something, if you tell everybody every diagnosis they have, every problem they have, which I was the person that thought out loud a lot, which in the end, I would tell every patient like 16 different diagnoses. And I, then I would, they, I would say, but go home and do your home exercise program. Yeah. They'd be like, they walk away. They'd be like, uh, I didn't move because you told me 16 things wrong with me. So I was just going to wait until I came back. But I kind of learned with like what you say, have intention. You can say, I don't know. You can breathe. But just realize what you word, what words you say to your patient, they hang on to. Yes, so that that power that you have is it's just like the first impression that you'd have with somebody. I've learned that that first impact you have with that patient can lead them trusting your care all the way throughout. So be very selective with what you say, but don't hide anything you have of knowledge. Right. Just kind of let that relationship develop in there. And I used to be the one just doing it all at once. And that me doing everything at once was what I thought would help them. Right. But re in reality, it didn't, it didn't lead to actual, like right. it actually led to more fear than Correct. To this. Then yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was, it was the Heisman, right? It was just, right. nope, I'm good. I'm, I, you said, yeah. you told me already everything wrong with me. So just yeah. know that it can validate all their pain with the power of the words you say, and even like with the power of an image. So that's where a lot of that, I always say like, what you say to them has an impact immediately. So just be very careful with what you say and just take your time and breathe. I tell yeah. people I don't know all the time, but me saying I don't know, I go and find it later. Right, then you follow where, with, well, hang tight, let's, let's figure it out together. And for the naysayers, for the people who are like, here's one more guy saying words can heal, Yep. It's not the words, but words build a relationship. Relationship yep. builds builds on trust. Trust builds to doing the things that you know can help this person do A, B, or C. So we're not saying that the the things that fly out the air that flies out of our mouth hole uh, help you know heals people, but it it does something because the person hearing them is a human. It is, and that's the thing is like. It, so I actually had somebody tell me the other day, "You made me feel like humanized." They said I humanized them in the way that I, I talked, which I thought was very powerful. I'm like. Wow, I, I didn't know I did that. I was just trying to talk to you. I'll be honest, but like, then it made me rethink the conversation. I was like, oh, what I did was actually listen and just simply process and then give them back an idea of how we can help. And that just the simplicity of how I approached it changed how I did everything. Because before I always wanted to, again, very science mind, very much one that dives deep, obviously, mm -hmm. but really I've learned to dive deep at the right, you know, the right time of things. But the power of me saying something, if I say they have pain, Let's say they came and they felt good. You know, the first question we ask anybody seems to be a leading question anyways, which I stopped asking altogether, which was basically like, how's your pain today? Because right. if you or ask how your pain, pain was, yeah, yeah. Where, how's your pain in your back today? Well, let's say they came and they already felt good. Now they don't because they think instantly, well, man, I'm going to think about my pain. So I learned the power of me when I asked that question about pain led to their actual progress. So I stopped asking less about it until they brought it up. And then I reaffirmed at the end, like, Hey, so you did all this stuff today in PT. How did you feel? Like, how was the session? They would recount it. And then they'd be like, you know what? My pain actually feels pretty good today. And they, they own their own pain, which made me realize, man, I mean, me saying less and what words I say just need to be a leading. If I'm going to ask a leading question, I'm going to make it lead to 
their mind feeling progress versus me being like leading to their pain. And that's yeah. where it's like, wow, look how much you did today. Like this is, you did more today than you've done in any other session at the end versus me being like, cause it, it, you know, the way that insurance, the way that the EMRs are set up, if you follow an EMR straight down, it's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it's all time. It, it just, it's, it's rough. It's just one of those things where you kind of have, you're, you're doing things for time and you're actually not taking the time to connect in the beginning. Right. And that alone, I think a lot of times leads us in the wrong path to patients where they're going to give us all the answers if you just take your time and listen. Yeah. But if you don't think about what you say prior to saying it, and again, it's a quick processing thing. It takes reps. It takes lots of reps, lots yeah. of mistakes. I made more mistakes than I could possibly imagine saying the wrong thing, but I've had a really great population who just straight up. I'm, I've always told them, be, be honest, be transparent, be vulnerable with me because I'm learning with you. Now, the more you teach me, the better I'll be, the more efficient I'll be when you see me later on, if you do. But let me know so I can get better for you. Yeah. And, that's, and that's where a lot of it's led to me now being more selective with how I say things in a right way to make sure it leads them to, to the goal that we're trying to achieve. Okay. Well, how you say things is our next stop yep. on the six-pack. Delivery and tone. So how do you think the delivery and tone, this is very much, this is part of how of those six mm -hmm. questions, who, what, where, when, why, and how. The delivery of tone and message alter that reception of the message in, in a clinical setting. I think no matter how, um, I think it's, honestly, I've learned for me, like I'm the common chaos. That's what I've kind of learned my skill is. And I, I've, I was obviously doing Ironmans that taught me a lot about myself as well. Oh, yeah. That kind of made me learn that I can stay that calm, but I think they're already panicked walking in the door. So the way you deliver a message, if you deliver it with confidence and deliver it with, uh, I would even say like, like empathy and care, that simple word that's not used anymore as much as it should be. Even if you're busy, you can still have that intentional 15 minutes that you just are present with them. And that presence and the way you deliver it builds trust and builds understanding that you're there for them. And I think that's just not, I think we just kind of get to this idea where, where we have to look at the computer and type as much as we can to get in. Don't yeah. be wrong. I need to be better in efficiency on that, but I've gotten more efficient with it so I can be more present with the patient. But I think it's the way you deliver that message in their most vulnerable time that can lead them to actually just feel better. And yeah. I mean like better without even touching them, just knowing that whatever I do is really intended to help them. And that's, that's you want to tie all those three things together that uh, Iron Man and training for one is actually how I sort of found out about PT. I was doing, you know, I did a couple like, you know, um, short course triathlons mm -hmm. and I did a half. And then it was during cycling. It was the after party. We'd go ride for a few hours and we go drink beer and eat pizza and yeah. watching the guy who sort of who organized the rides just talk to people and they walked away looking different and you know their their posture and their facial expression looked different i was like what kind of word voodoo you doing man like what's your deal and he's like i'm a pt and i was like that's cool what course did you do which which race did you do which ironman did you do so i did ironman texas and yeah. i also attempted ironman florida i got stuck in the water once so it was a it was a journey i swam for two and a half hours in that one so <laughs> i learned oh, man. from a boat in that one but uh ironman texas is what i've done Basically, that's my landmark race and my benchmark race for the next yeah. plan. I'm doing it for five years. I'm about to do my third coming up. Yeah. And um, it's uh, I've cut, tried to cut down time and try to figure out my goal in all this is to figure out how to train efficiently and yeah. try to be, be more, more. You can still do a race and still be successful and change things, but you have to have that balance equation. Sure. That's, where I, that's where I've learned a lot of this is about Ironman taught me more about myself and reflection oh, yeah. and how to connect with the community. I mean, that's like the strongest community ever. If you're you know, doing a race, if you just feel like, man, like you have no choice but to say like, good job to that person because you're dying. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, everybody's, <laughs> everybody's rooting for you. It's a connected thing. So that's why I try to make sure that anybody that you have, just like you said, being an Ironman community just made me realize the power of community and um, reflection and self-reflection, which I am one that just goes until I can't. And that's kind of where I actually, that's how I got to Ironman. I did uh, I did the half marathon, did the marathon, did the ultra marathon, did the, uh, you know, did a sprint. And then I did the, uh, I actually did a full before I did a half, ironically. Cause I was just like, man, I've already, I've already got here. I'm just going to go for it. And I did it. But then I was like, man, that was a mistake. (laughs) So then I learned about (laughs) training the other way of how to kind of get better and more efficient at things. But it taught me a lot about things that I didn't know. So when they deliver a message during that race, honestly changed my outlook on the race. When somebody would say that phrase of like, one foot after another. If they said that at the beginning of the race, it's like, hey, this is not the time to do that. Now they say at the end of the race, it's like, I'm clinging onto that word as hard as I can to be like, please say it again. Like I need everything I can. Correct. All right. Let's talk. Let's go to timing. The third, the third beer on the six pack is timing of patient communication. Like how we do it, where we do it, when, you know, but when timing's everything. You just mentioned it. Iron Man, a lot of these things, messaging. Explain the importance of timing when communicating with patients. How does that come in for you? So a lot of this, I realize, obviously, is injury you know, specific, to be honest with you. Like a lot of those come to like, like, if I have a fresh ankle sprain, I still think those are one of the most important things you can treat just because it's so rapid, so quick, so aggressive. You see swelling, you feel pain when you walk. But laying that outlook and that preview of timing of when you're going to get, like when we hit these landmarks, this is where we know we're going to progress on. It's bold sometimes because sometimes it doesn't work out exactly, but it allows them to have outlook each week and just say, these are our goals to hit. But when I deliver that message of, hey, we're going to start thinking about what it's like to get back on the court. This is three weeks out. I have learned that if you prep their brain for that time and get that mental side ahead, and then deliver that message exactly when you when you said to, and you always always shoot large. If you shoot large and go short, when you deliver that time message, it is so yep. powerful. I mean, yeah. they, they believe in you right away. That's just sure. the ankle sprain, but like with the ACL, our post-ops, any of those patients, I think a lot of it is belief in, in your words and how you set up the beginning of like that conversation. And when you deliver that message the same way you said you're going to, the timing of you saying that, brings a belief to the patient that can outdo any mechanical thing you're trying to get. You know, it can outdo the single leg, you know, hop three times and then the, yes. you know, 95% strength on the other side, like that all matters. Don't be wrong. It's just not as powerful with the mind because they don't believe in how they are and you don't time that perfectly and you meet all those standard criteria. You never talked about what it should look like going forward. They're not going to succeed when they go to go play or they're yeah. going to play different. So for me, I've learned with sports medicine in general, for me, I've learned the definition of sports medicine is the time you deliver the message of return to play, it should be prepped way ahead and you should be timing every conversation you have of, all right, this week I'm going to talk to them about, if they're basketball, this week we're going to talk about jump shots. This next week when we come in, we're going to be talking about spring through the court. We're going to be talking about layups. We're talking about, you know, play three on three, five on five. Develop them into that, you know, preview going forward of this is what we're going to look forward to to give them the hope of, all right, I'm here. I'm actually making progress. I'm actually getting there. Especially with running in particular. Running is one that's like, don't stop a runner, as you know. Like, yeah. Just just modify running. That's that's what I've kind of learned over the years. Is that like, so you're going to do it anyway. Yeah, but they're going to do it anyway. So like, just support them with that journey. But like, make sure that when they go run, that conversation you have with them after their first run is so important to make sure to time that conversation. Be like, how did that feel on your run? 
Yeah. And they're like, I felt pretty good. Well, then guess what? You know already that like you time that perfectly and they're, they're going to feel better every single session they come in. But if you don't time that first, if you, if you don't remember what you say the time before, they're going to think you're just, they're just another number in there. So I feel like it's the impact of when you say it, how you say it, how you deliver it. And the time of when you deliver it too. Make make it feel like you're talking about me. Make it make make this yeah. thing feel like it's about me. All right, so that's three out of six. I'm not a math guy, but that's halfway through. Halfway through, <laughs> we do something on the show called Three Questions. On the hot seat with three questions on the PT Pinecast. All right, three questions brought to you by our friends at ATI Physical Therapy. Uh, they're leading the charge in PT clinical research with more than 900 clinics achieving top marks in CMS's merit-based incentive program. They're the team to join for career growth. Explore opportunities at ATIPT.com. First question, Brett, if you could compete in any Olympic sport besides triathlon that's out, <laughs> winter, summer games, doesn't matter, what would it be and why? I know mine. What would yours be? Ooh, that's, oh, God, that's a tough one. Are we talking about winter? Uh, curling. <laughs> I've done it a couple of times. It's kind I of think, fun. I think it's the most fascinating it's thing. I mean, don't be wrong. Like, it, I just think I could be good at it just because I'm pretty like good at like slow control things. Um, but I don't know if I clean that well. So I don't know if the sweeping. I would do biathlon, the skiing and long cross country oh. skiing and shooting. And I am that not good amazing. either. It just teaches you life skills. <laughs> I just wa- I just watch it. And I'm like, because it's so great. It's like, you got to control your breath. There's a lot of thinking and there's a lot of oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah I can yeah, ski yeah. faster, but I got to shoot better. And I like triathlon because I don't know if you've heard my mantra. I, I appreciate triathlon because it allows me to be me- mediocre at three things in one day. I like efficient <laughs> mediocrity. So I feel like I could do two things, mediocre, shooting and skiing. But here's the best part. If you're mediocre at all three things in triathlon, you can still do well. That's archery's, archery, archery's one well, that I've also been very, yeah, that's something I've also been fascinated about just because there's so much physics behind it and the breath and it's consistency, yes. right? That's, that's something I like, but no, in high intensity, I would love to be a sprinter, but I just know I'm only good enough to be yeah. a decent sprinter. So that's something I know I would be able to do, but yeah. I agree. That's, I think the biathlon is pretty amazing now thinking about it because it's literally life skills. Like if you get yeah. stuck out there, you're going to be the guy that can last longer than anybody else. Kill a polar bear. Second question. What's one lesson you've learned from a patient that has stayed with you? What's something a patient taught you that you still hold dear? That it's okay to evolve with the times and do new things. Even if you made progress with an approach prior to, you can change if you learn more. Just explain why. I had a lot of patients where I did very aggressive grasping with them about like five years ago. And now uh, I actually don't really do tend tend to do so much. I do more of like the, I would say tone approach where you're just trying to decrease tone and more, more parasympathetic, but I just teach them why and say, I want more longevity out of it. Not just short-term acute approaches. And they really appreciate it, but they taught me a lot about it. They're very honest. Like I, I love, yeah. I've I built those relationships with them. I just been like, just tell me what helps, how it works yep. and how it can be better for you. And a lot of them have said like, you know, I love how you evolve with times and that you're somebody that is willing to listen and learn and be open-minded. But I also tell them like, I'm going to do a course this weekend. I promise you, I'm not going to come back and apply everything from that course day one, but I've gotten a lot more better with needling, been a lot more efficient with it. That was something they said. They're like, wow, you used so much needles in the past. Now you don't use as many because you use stem channels a lot for what I do now. Right. But um, that's kind of something where I've evolved with it. But I just listened to the patient and been like, what does work best for you? Just be real with me. Like, I want to know your presentation matters to me so I can know how to be better for the next patient too. And they've all been very honest with it, but like, it's hard for me, right? It's very vulnerable. Like you're basically saying like, I know so much, but not, I don't know everything, but like, I'm going to be the one to help you. 
And right. it's, right. it's, it's tough. It's tough. They, they've taught me a lot. I've just been a good listener with it as best I can and learn to have a, uh, no ego, because if you have an ego, then you're going to be bruised every day. <laughs> it's not your. This isn't your story. This is their story. You're that. You get exactly. to be the guide, not the not the hero. Third question: uh, You're writing a book about your life. What would the title be, and why? Like, what would the title of your book, your your biography, or autobiography? Mm, that's a tough question. Uh, I'd say uh, I don't want. I don't want to sound like this, but like I'd say perseverance. Like truthfully, like I've had a had a lot that I've had to go through, and. Uh, with family, with life, with PT, actually, you know, PT in general, like, uh, it's been a very different path for me. I've loved every experience I've gotten with it. But a lot of it is uh, also perseverance with stupidity. <laughs> so, <laughs> like that. Because of the because uh, you sometimes you got to do stupid things to figure out if you can do it. Uh, and that's where I you know, like my first marathon, I can't tell you how bad I trained for that. And it didn't really humble me as much as I thought it would, but it definitely yeah. taught me that you need to be stronger um, right. and you need to actually work on nutrition, not eat raisin canes prior to going and doing it. Um, right. And then uh, I'd say that the aspect of how much more valuable time is versus money sure. um, that it taught me with that. Cause a lot of that was just for me, you know, persevering through things the best I can moving fast course uh, with ET and then learning that Ironman is what taught me a lot about, where I hit my kind of wall where it made me reflect, but it made me realize that you can always replace money. You can't replace time. So like, that's something I really learned from that, but persevering through all those races with minimal training um, has now made me be more efficient with my training and learn more about, you know, myself. So smarter, smarter, not harder. Right. All right. That's yep. three questions brought to you by our friends at ATI again, ATIPT.com back to our six pack, you know, impactful communication, we're talking about simplification, right? This is not dumbing it down. I want to make sure people are clear. Dumbing it down is a bad idea, right? Watering it down is a bad idea. But simplifying makes it easier to digest. It's actually harder to do, in my opinion, right? You've got to have a little more time or skill. So you've talked about turning complex ideas into simple concepts. What's your approach for breaking down things that are complex, maybe medical information for patients? How do you approach it? Uh, my wife calls me the man of analogies and every patient I've had has learned my life. And I go, I have to write them down at this point because everything is like, you know, I think it was one of the ones that I tend to use a lot for like students, just to give an example, it'd be like, you know, you steal from the best, you learn from the rest. Um, and what I mean is the best are the best communicators. That's what I've kind of yeah. learned all that. And a lot of them will like complexity of showing somebody a shoulder, you know, and knowing the anatomy but not making it so hyper-focused on that and just say, this, this motion is limited due to this muscle sure. and we're going to help address the group of muscles so everything functions better. Yeah. So like, instead of me saying the infraspinatus is your true source of muscle and the nerve that may be impacting that, I'm going to throw a needle on there that will eventually you know, help regenerate and kick back in the infraspinatus. I'm going to say group of muscles versus that which is still a knowledge base, but if they ask more detail, I'm going to allow them to give me more detail. Well, uh, so, the, so the first thing that. you did in that was you asked, right? Like you're sort of like gauging yeah. what, how much do you want? Some people want to know every detail. You're doing what? What are you doing now? And they feel comfort in that. And some people are like, dude, I don't even care. Just do it. I simplify this. I love analogy and metaphor. I simplify it. It's like, don't put 10 pounds of five pound bag. Just don't do it. Because when you do it, it ain't built for that. Now it's too much. It's like, you know, and the nicer way to say it is like, um, the message that clearly communicates one thing is infinitely better than the message that fails to communicate more than one thing. I know you said a lot, 
but you said yeah. so much that I got nothing. It's like, I wanted a drink and you hit me with a hose. Well, now I'm not yes. thirsty. I'm bruised. So I'm not even thinking about the thirst anymore. But I am. Said, no, yeah. no fire hose approach. If you give a fire no, hose no, approach, you're, yeah. you're, you're not going to get what you're going to get water, but you're going to, you're going to, that puts the onus on you of selecting the right thing in treatment, intervention, words, so it's not a shotgun approach, not a fire hose approach. Mm-hmm. All right. So that was simplification. I love analogy and metaphor. I used to get made yeah. fun of a lot in radio because I used to use it a lot. But yeah. let's talk about in sports medicine. We talked a little bit about timing and you discussed yeah. this a little bit. You touched on it, but discuss how appropriate timing leads to better outcomes and fewer occurrences. We talked about messaging when the message yes. comes, but this is talking about, this is timing from a zoomed out approach. Yeah. So, I mean, like, again, you have to know, you have to know tendons, bones, like the timelines of when they actually injure, so you can have an idea and have a foundation in your head. You don't have to communicate to the patient right away until they ask. Like that's where a lot of it is the time of when you ask. But I would tell you with like, ages play a huge factor, right? You gotta know if they have any regenerative nature left in them, right? Are they, are they in their 10 to 20 range, 20 to 30, 30 and above? Are they an ultra marathoner who's in their 40s? Like I've treated all across the board, but I've learned a yes. lot of it comes down to like, do you know your stuff well enough? They're going to question. And when they walk in the door, they've already Googled all these timelines, by the way. Like they've Googled all of them. And now we have chat GPT, which is even more accurate, which is kind of scary how crazy that is. That's nuts. It is, but that's a more powerful patient that walks in. So you gotta be really on top of your timing and let them know what you know and say, but I'm willing to I'm willing to have a you know timeline that's gonna be a little bit flexible in the end if you hit progress early. But I want to make sure if we address this now, we don't have to deal with it later. That's where a lot of this comes down to. Like, I don't want you to be a frequent reoccurring patient for that issue. I want you to know if you get a pain, you get a problem, you have difficulty. I'm the person that helps that time go faster and get you better faster. That's kind of the main goal I want to get to with that is with sports medicine. A lot of these people, it's like, I can address everything I want. I sure can too, if that's what they want. But to me, it's more like, how do I make sure that this isn't truly your problem? This may just be the signal, the problems above. We need to address this problem so this doesn't reoccur and you don't have to come in here all the time. <laughs> I mean, Drew, that's, that's, that's what ends up happening too. Sure. All right, last, but, last part yeah. of your six-pack, ensuring the right intention of message delivery. How do you ensure that your message is delivered with that right intention, especially in sensitive situations you mentioned runners you know people don't run they are runners right it's like tied to their personality it's tied to who who they are right in certain situations you know crossfitters i am a crossfitter how do you know if someone's a crossfitter don't worry they'll tell you about it same thing with triathlons or runners right what the next race so so intention is got to be terribly important you know in all aspects but specifically you know you work in, in the sports population yeah i mean it's it's really i think the main thing is you as a provider need to be very vulnerable and just ask, you know, did the message get delivered? Like, just ask them. I usually just ask people like, Hey, do you understand where I'm coming from? Do you know what I was trying to say? Is there any fear associated with what I say to you? Is there any, like, is there anything you're questioning in your head about what we have and what our plan is going forward? I think just the clarity aspect of things allows them to kind of define, you know, did it get sent like I wanted it to? Right. Did that text message truly go through in text message or an right. iMessage? Like, right. did, it, right. did it sink right. in? Like, that's where my brain goes. Like, is it still loading? And like, we don't understand. But a lot of times I kind of just have them recall it back to me what they yeah. understand of my plan. Show me. And that recall allows me to kind of see, 
ah, is that really what I meant for them to see? Like, I'm not trying to control anything. I'm just trying to make sure that they understand when they walk in the door, what our plan is, what we're going to do and what I'm here for in their life and what I'm here for in their journey of could be pain, could be, you know, just getting a goal achieved and they tried and they had pain. So that, that's kind of the main thing that gets through. This is how I frame this with people. And it was a mindset shift. It was moving the goalposts, right? And, the, oh, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and this was the goal of communication is not to have communicated. The goal of going to the gym is not going to the gym and then going home. The goal is of communication is to achieve understanding. And sometimes yeah. people get myself included until I sort of reframe this was the goal of communicate. If the goal of communication is to achieve understanding, I don't have to try way too hard with a fire hose to get you to do something. You are an autonomous adult. You are either going to do something or not. My goal is clarity. I want to make, do you understand yeah. me? I and mean, this is great for like politics or anything. Yes. Like, yes. Do you understand me? I do understand you. I still understand you. I just disagree with you. Then I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. But the disagreeing, goal, disagreeing is fine. That's where a lot of people like, that's where like to me, that's why I said this is more about, I gave that topic being so broad just because it is a very big life lesson I have taken away. That's also helped me inside the clinic, which I think a lot of people understand. It's, it's okay to have differences. It's okay. But the clarification of the plan you have with your person in front of you is so important. So important. Even if they disagree with you, let them challenge you. Sure. You're going to have a more refined version of it. So that, that, that's the key. Um, all right. So that's six. How'd that feel? It was good, man. That was really fluid. I mean, I've, again, you're, you make it easy. That's so six. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. Last thing we do, we got something new for people. We call it 60 second PT. Are you ready for 60 second PT? No, I'm not, but I will act like it I am. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's happening anyway. Start the clock. Where's <laughs> the click? All right, Brett, your 66 second PT starts right now. What is your favorite part of being a physical therapist? Treat people and helping people all together. That's it. Love it. Uh, summarize physical therapy, the profession, in just three words. Uh, movement, uh, improve mobili oh, movement, mobility, and uh, performance. What's a mistake that new grad physical therapists make? Not listening to their patients. Yeah, that's a good one. How do you measure treatment success? Patient feeling like they're the best version of themselves, walking out right. the door. What's a book that every physical therapist should read? Ooh, never split the difference. Ah, yeah. Now you're talking about <laughs> now you're talking about language. It's a great book. What's a piece of advice you wish you'd been given at the start of your career? Every moment you have in PT is a learning experience. Use the time you have in the beginning and don't chase money. Yeah. Last question. What's the biggest misconception people have about physical therapy? That we're personal trainers. Yeah, that's a big one. All right, you're uh, you're off the hot seat for the uh, 60 second PT. Uh, last thing we do on the show, we call it the parting shot. This is the parting shot. All right, parting shot brought to you by our friends from the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. They've got their industry profession leading uh, resource called Current Concepts of Orthopedic PT. I just taught. I just call it a roadmap. Wherever you are, it's going to take you from there to this, which is understanding the current evidence, right? In their fifth edition, it's great for people looking at that OCS exam at, as an Ironman or an ultra marathon, like something they want to try and do, but it might feel daunting. That's the roadmap to get to the starting point. From there, it's up to you. Uh, find them online at orthopt.org. So Brett, what's your parting shot, your last thing you want to leave with the audience? Remember why you joined the profession and remember that you can make an impact with every person that you meet, no matter what age, no matter what population. Just enjoy being a PT altogether. I love it every day. 
there's moments where it's tough, but just realize there's a person on the other side that's looking for you to change their lives and you really can change your lives. And it doesn't have to be with skill. It has to just be with listening knowledge of how, just listening to what they need. Just, sure. just be what they need. Yeah, be what they need. Make it about them. All right, they say the best conversations happen at happy hour. Thanks for coming to ours.